The SEC has been on a warpath against the crypto industry, and nobody's been in the crosshairs more than Binance. But there's a lot, a lot of speculation that it goes way beyond the SEC with Binance. There's DOJ case coming. They could be targeting CZ himself and Binance. And we've seen a major uptick in chatter about regulation and the DOJ against Binance US specifically. We're seeing employees leave, executives leave. No volume. Basically, everything that could possibly go wrong with an exchange is going wrong with Finance US right now. Here to discuss it with me, of course, is Mike Alfred. Also got Christopher Inks talking charts and trades at the end of the stream. You guys don't want to miss this one. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel, hit that like button. As you guys can obviously tell, pretty under the weather. My voice sounds like I've got a frog stuck in my throat. I made the trip to Singapore, and inevitably, when you come back from a trip that long and having everybody all up in your face at a conference, here you go. You're going to find yourself uh, sick one way or another, but that's not going to stop us from showing up and having this conversation. Now, guys, as you know, like I said, Binance massively under fire. I don't think anybody's been staying on top of it more than today's guest. Mike Alfred, going to go ahead and bring him on right now. Mike, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Sorry you're not feeling well, buddy. I, I was in New York last week and I took hand sanitizer. And believe it or not, the Maxis are going to hate this. I wore a mask on the plane both directions, even though it's not required because I can't afford to be sick with a little baby at home. So, yeah, and I mean, listen, there's a reason that uh, Asian culture, they wore masks long before COVID in those situations. It has nothing to do with politics. I don't know why people don't understand that, but whatever. You, you might as well. It has to be a blue mask, actually, I hear, if you're going to wear a mask, <laughs> technically. I think that's the rule. Listen, man, there's a lot going on here with Binance, obviously. I think everyone knows, so we can just cook through it. Obviously, the SEC filed charges, more charges coming for crypto exchanges and DeFi. We've got the judge asking Binance US and SEC to simmer down in their dispute because it's getting heated up. SEC rips into Binance US over shaky acid. You get the idea, right? I mean, there, there's no, no stopping this uh, runaway train against Binance right now. It's funny because we haven't really heard much about Coinbase of late from the SEC, but they have not stopped going after Binance. I mean, where do you stand on this right now? What's your general feeling? Well, you know, uh, almost a year ago now, uh, I was probably one of the loudest uh, voices on Twitter, uh, specifically around the the risk to to Binance. And you know, November, December last year, it was not very popular. A lot of people told me that there's no way. You know, Binance is the best capitalized company. CZ is the best founder. It's a magical bean printing factory. You know, like all these things. Um, and now the the sentiment has totally shifted, right? Like I'm seeing even like classic crypto personalities kind of turn against Binance because I think there's enough evidence now that you know Binance in fact was not uh, operating exactly the way that it, what way that they said. I mean, there's some nuance here though because the SEC has definitely overreached in some areas. You know, there's there's what we believe to be true, and then there's sentiment, but then there's also like the facts and the law, and I think the SEC has overstepped. In a number of areas, and and you know, in some cases, they've been pushed back on. They've lost in court a couple times recently, notably with XRP and GBTC. I think you know Gensler's time is running short. Candidly, I, I don't think he'll he'll last 
that much longer. I think he's deeply unpopular. I think a lot of their decisions have been poor. That said, you don't want to be on the wrong side of the, of the U.S. government or any U.S. government agency. It's a loser's battle in the long run. And I think what they've effectively done is made Binance unattractive as a counterparty. And I've heard this repeatedly when I was I was traveling this week. I'd heard a lot of people say, look, like we're just not comfortable leaving capital on Binance anymore. We're not uh, comfortable using them as a trading partner. Um, and nothing's even really happened yet other than to some, to some degree, the SEC's managed to defang the company, right? They've managed to to make them somewhat irrelevant uh, because the volumes are plummeting. You know, the Binance US business is effectively dead. Dead. Uh, they they killed Binance US without them. proving a single thing. I mean, Binance US, I've, I've said this over and over again, and maybe that maybe that's good because it'll wind down quietly. So maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing, but they killed all the banking relationships. Yeah. They killed any interest retail had in trading on there. And they killed any, as you said, interest that institutions would want to have with Binance US simply by making the claims. Yeah, look, uh, I come on two sides with this. One is that may not have been the right way to do it, but the outcome if from a Machiavellian standpoint m- might actually be justified in the sense that Binance US, all the all the data that I've seen, all the research that, that the kind of online crypto uh, on-chain sleuths have done show that it was basically a funnel for CZ's market makers offshore. Um, they did not follow the rules. It was a regulatory smokescreen from the very beginning. Um, and so I think U.S. customers were definitely at risk uh, were using it. And, and as recently as like six or nine months ago, some pretty prominent people in crypto were trying to convince me that Binance U.S. was a great company that was going to be safe and was going to protect users. And, and some of those people were getting paid off, right? They were getting they were getting tribute in, in a sense because Binance US was a member of their group and was paying into some sort of pool. There's, As you know, Scott, there's just so many conflicts in this space. And so I, I just have stopped listening to anyone who gets paid by any of these companies, at least as it relates to their opinion about the company that's paying them. Right? If you ask somebody who's getting paid a lot of money by a company, what do you think of the company? Of course, they're going to say it's great. Uh, so yeah, look, the SEC effectively killed Binance US, but I'm not sure that that's really a bad thing. And then the BUSD thing um, was effectively killed by the potential uh, crackdown on Paxos. Again, not sure that's such a bad thing either, because you know later after all this started, CZ and and the team over there admitted, well, you're right, uh, you know this stablecoin was not fully collateralized, and so that was a pretty big risk to holders of that asset. And of course, if you have a Stablecoin that's not collateralized like Tether was for for most of its history. It's it's quite risky to the to the user. So yeah, look, uh, I think from a, again from a Machiavellian standpoint, I think the the ends justify the means to some degree. But I don't know if that will work through this whole process. Uh, Binance's Bitcoin trading volume plunges fifty seven percent as regulatory pressure mounts. Like talking about volumes, that's just since September first. That's in nineteen days. That's an astounding drop. Coinbase up 9% in that time. You have to wonder if they're the beneficiary. But this isn't Binance US. This is the main Binance. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that Machiavellian standpoint, listen, if something bad is going to happen to Binance, everybody should actually be happy that they're becoming marginalized in a smaller part of the market. But if they haven't done anything, this is strictly a result of what I guess people would call FUD at that point. I know you hate that term. Yeah, I, I, I don't care what people use the term. I, again, I care mostly about the factual basis. And I, again, back in like November of last year, I pointed out close to a hundred things over the course of several months uh, in a series of different tweets of ways that Binance behaved that were was not consistent with what they represent themselves to be publicly related to 
to the way they re-denominate customer assets, right? The way they lend out customer assets, uh, the the under collateralized stable coin, um, the inability to file uh, and regulate themselves sort of anywhere, um, despite a lot of jawboning about doing that. And again, you could go on and on and on and on. So like somebody can say FUD, FUD this, FUD that for whatever. Uh, I kind of chuckled to myself about that. It, it ultimately comes down to what did this company actually do? I understand philosophically why CZ wanted to avoid regulation, right? Like regulation and uh, having a domicile causes you to be accountable. And so if you don't want to be accountable, like a lot of the historical uh, crypto exchanges, by the way, they didn't want to be accountable. They're literally exchanges like Quadriga CX where like the founder like stole everything and then died. Or at least we think they died. Somebody saw the body in India. But that's the type of behavior that happens in crypto because these are bearer assets and they can literally just disappear and there's no way to get them back. And so, you know, if you're a crypto founder and you want to be sort of free of all shackles of of any sort of traditional regulation, sure, like domicile nowhere, but don't have an executive team, don't have a board of directors, right? Don't say who your investors are, all this stuff. But like that all happens. So like saying now, like, hey, we have to find out whether they really did something like they, they did something and it was obvious a year ago. The thing that's changed now is the public perception has totally shifted, right? Like there's a tipping point that happened over the last, I'd say, 90 days or so, where yeah. even like the crypto cheerleaders have downturned against Binance. And that's that's something that, you know, has uh, to me nothing to do with the fact pattern because the fact pattern was clear a year ago and they didn't want to hear it. It's that some people are actually influenced more by public perception and sentiment than by the facts. I only cared a year ago about the facts. Nobody told me that Binance was a bad company. I looked at the data. I looked at the fact pattern and I said, there's a problem here. And people said, you're wrong. Don't you dare talk about my beloved Binance like that, right? Like if Binance goes down, it's the end of the ecosystem. I said, I don't think that's the case, but I either way- I that's the case now. Yeah, well, look, th- that's what happens, right? And th- I'm paying attention to the people who are flipping in the last 30 days and all of a sudden saying they're concerned about Binance because those are the people you don't want to listen to next cycle because it's clear they don't have an independent opinion about this. Yeah, you've got a couple of great tweets here, actually, uh, uh, of late. CZ refused to sign a global settlement in the spring with the DOJ, CFTC, and SEC because it would have made it harder to conduct criminal activities. His executive team did not want to face jail time, so they fled in mass. Now it looks like a settlement is back on the table, and you followed that up with a proposed settlement. would involve a permanent ban on conducting operations in the U.S., a multi-billion dollar fine, and CZ's regna- re- resignation in return for non-prosecution. I don't think Binance will go down this cycle, but every day that passes, the company is becoming increasingly feckless and irrelevant. I mean, do you think that uh, it seems like consensus almost at this point that CZ is going to step down? I heard it in Singapore when I was over there a hundred times. Yeah, well, if if the choice is that he's going to be under attack for the next two or three years um, and that there's a risk that no matter where he travels, he could be arrested and extradited. Right. Um, at some point, it's like, okay, this happens all the time in the US, by the way. People resign without admitting wrongdoing. They agree to never serve as an executive or officer or board director of a publicly traded company. But in return, they get a non prosecution agreement and they get to continue to own their assets. Right. So, like, the valuable thing here for CZ is if he can maintain any sort of any sort of profitability, any sort of cash flow within the broader Binance entity. As the owner, he doesn't need to be the manager. He doesn't need to be the CEO. A lot of the wealthiest people in the world like refuse to run any of their own businesses, in part because of liability, in part because of time. It's a pain in the ass. 
So if he's smart and he can avoid prosecution, he can negotiate. I know he's got a number of wonderful attorneys that used to work in the DOJ advising him. And I think they advised him quite sternly. This is what I've heard, right? Like in the spring to go ahead and do a deal. And I think the executive departure was in part his stubbornness, his unwillingness to settle or or compromise on any of the issues that that these uh, regulators and law enforcement agencies wanted him to settle on. If it were me knowing that I'm up against multiple government, U.S. government agencies, again, as a U.S. citizen, it's very different, but I, I would have taken the best deal possible to maintain my ownership and continued to take the cash flow and started a new business. And maybe next time, like have a board of directors and you know, follow the rules, et cetera. Like, it's not that hard. It's it's just as hard to build a great, large business that's that's regulated and well run as it is to, um, you know, build a business that breaks all the rules. Like, he's spending more time evading uh, regulation than than he needs to, in my opinion. I guess the question is, if there's actually fraud, would stepping down actually give him any sort of immunity or protection at this point? Uh, the more separation you have. Um, so you see this all the time, right? Like uh, board directors and and CEOs sometimes resign, and then it turns out like a year or two later, right? There 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 was some sort of fraudulent activity, and most of the time, people don't look back that far, um, unless it becomes like a very big public uh, problem where like all the mainstream journalists are writing stories about it and it affects millions of people. So in CZ's case, like if if Binance, if he were to step down now and then it were to collapse in two years, no one's going to forget that he was the leader of the organization. So yeah, you know, maybe maybe from his perspective, it's a good idea to maintain control for as long as possible. I mean, look at Mashinsky as a case study yeah. for this. Mashinsky was able to hold on to the legal control for like an extra six months or nine months. Um, and during that time, he was able to do whatever he could to buttress his case that maybe he shouldn't be prosecuted. But of course, the moment he was out and the outsiders came in and they now have the levers of power, they have control of the legal and accounting budget, right? They have control of all the documents and and, and all the information. They said, look, like it's very clear that this person committed fraud. And I don't know if you remember this, Scott, but I think it was June of last year, like right as this was happening, it wasn't clear yet what had happened to Celsius. I said, if there is evidence of fraud, right? And I think there would be that like, you know, there's probably going to be something that comes down personally. I had on, you, on I had you, Caitlin Mashinsky, and Bill Barheit, if my yeah. memory. Well, that was a few correct. months. That was a few months like before. It went in down. March or April yeah. before it happened. And uh, well, I'll say you didn't mince words. You, you, you held yourself together. You could have been more aggressive, I guess. But uh, you had very clear things to say about what was coming. Caitlin did as well. Bill, I guess, kind of uh, kept quiet, you know, being in the same business. But uh, you saw it coming. There's no, no, no question there, and it was very clear in that interview. Well, then in June, though, I came back on right as they shut withdrawals, which is something that I predicted multiple times right before it happened. But once it happened, the only question in my mind was: Would it turn out that that it was just like mismanagement, like without intention, or would it turn out that it was active? Fraud and my suspicion at that time, and I said it, and and you made sure to 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 say, hey, we don't know for sure if this is true, Mike, but but my suspicion at the time was that there's just no way that something like like that set of facts that played out at Celsius over the course of several years would have happened in the absence of fraud. And so I actually think that Binance might be less nefarious in some ways than Celsius. Like Celsius, 
was an outright fraud. Like Mashinsky was like, like literally pod, lying and cheating scheme. and stealing yeah. for years yeah. before it, it broke. I think CZ is trying to follow the crypto ideology of like, you know, controlling your own keys and not uh, letting letting the government tell you what to do and stuff like that. The, the problem is it doesn't really work when you have a multinational business serving millions of retail customers. Like you, you just can't have bad attitude and expect to survive. And and whether he meant to or not, some of the things that Binance has done, has done have, have been similar in nature to to those other firms. Yeah, I mean, my my feeling on Binance still, the as, and I've said this from the very beginning, is that most of what they did probably wrong was in the early days when a lot of the things uh, regulatory in different places were unclear. But then, I mean, if you start talking about not backing customer funds and things, if that's all true, then I, I'm I'm clearly wrong, right? I, I just wonder if at this point. Binance, when they're under this much pressure and this much heat, is basically compliant in dealing with things they did in the past. Yeah, but this is the same speculation that right. people wanted to say about Celsius, right? Like even as it was collapsing, people were like, "Well, they're shutting withdrawals, but they probably have all my money, right?" right. And and it it may turn out after they unwind FTX and Celsius that that like my original prediction of like fifty cents, sixty cents, seventy cents on the dollar. Uh, might actually come true after they claw back all of the all of the stuff, uh, including the personal liability, right? So, like Celsius isn't done returning funds to shareholders uh, and and depositors uh, until not shareholders because shareholders are going to get wiped, but the, the depositors until they actually go after Mashinsky personally, because he may personally be holding hundreds of millions of dollars of assets that, in my view, probably belong to. The depositors who got shafted in that situation. The same thing would happen with Binance if Binance were to crumble at some point. And again, my current view is in part because of this crackdown, by the way. Um, and this is where I am on two sides of the fence. Like I don't love the SEC. I don't think their all their actions are justified. But what they have done is made the Binance uh, splash zone uh, smaller in a sense, right? Because they've shrunk. Uh, actively shrunk down the size of the potential liabilities because Binance was forced to backpedal and change some of their strategies and they stopped getting bigger. They stopped metastasizing. And so so if it were to go down now, the, the impact would be smaller. And I also think like they may have de-risked certain parts of the business that they wouldn't have wanted to do. Like CZ wouldn't right. have proactively done these things, but he was forced That's to. That's what I'm saying. They got more compliant with time knowing what was coming. And so it's possible that 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 actually enables Binance to survive the cycle. And maybe in three or five years, we're chuckling because Binance completely survived all of this and it's a stronger company. That is totally possible. I said the same thing about Celsius and BlockFi though. Uh, even as I was predicting they would go possible. down, I said it's possible that they could come back. And of course, you know, now in retrospect, it was clear like Celsius was always doomed because the CEO was making one bad decision after another. I want to pivot off Binance just really quickly because I love this tweet. Justin... SEC Insider says Chief Gary Gensler has told friends and advisors that he would like to gracefully extricate himself from his personal Vietnam by approving one or more spot Bitcoin ETFs from the major fund companies where he hopes to get a job after leaving the agency. This was three days ago, but that means you're optimistic we will see a Bitcoin spot ETF, correct? I have the same feeling and I've heard the same uh, bubblings. Yeah, I mean, like the thing that would surprise the market if it happened like in the next month, right? Like because they're so intransigent and they're so anti the space. Like if it happened in the next month, I think the the candle would be bigger, right? I think what's going to happen is the price is going to go up anyway over the next, call it six to nine months. Uh, and if the 
ETF is still hanging out as a catalyst in front of the market, that might actually be positive because you know the, you save the sell the news event for later down the road. But that said, like since nobody seems to think it could happen in October, if it were to happen in October, I think it would be quite explosive. Um, I I don't think Gensler has any intention of giving up so quickly because to some degree this has become personal. It's become about his legacy and and because people like me are are, are making tweets that are kind of making fun of him. Um, he's probably going to fight the space as long as he can, as long as his his overseers, the the people in the upstairs room that are actually calling a lot of these shots, are going to provide protection for him. I think that protection goes away this election cycle either way, but you know, I I, I think it's unlikely that there's an approval in the very short term. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I love to hear you say that you think Bitcoin is going to continue going up for the next six to nine months. I'll take that as a as a win because not I not in a straight line, but I think we do see how <laughs> we don't do straight lines. Weird. Within the next year, like the high degree of certainty that the price will will be higher, even with the liquidity issues that everybody's citing. Last time you were on, it was like the beginning to mid August, and you said, "Watch for something interesting at the end of August." And like a day or two before that, we got that massive grayscale uh, win and candle to the upside. Of course, it retraced, but you did yep. say something big would happen at the end of August. Yeah. Look, it's been a really crappy negative market for like two months now. I think because it's been so negative for basically two months and like a week now, there's a good chance still that that there'll be a surprising uh, rally at some point between now and the end of the year. Everybody thinks now that the ha- like nothing's going to happen until after the halving. And so that gives me a bit more confidence that something will happen before the halving because consensus is almost always wrong about Bitcoin. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep my finger on the pulse. I'm, I found a couple bullish people though, by the way, over the last two months, which has been great. Um, because most of the big traders have been like unabashedly bearish, uh, in spite of us coming into what I think is like the most bullish period of the cycle. Like the next two years historically should be wonderful. Yeah. There'll be some 30% drawdowns for sure. But like, you just kind of want to be wrong. Like, I think the biggest risk right now is to like, not be exposed to this market. Like people who are like, Oh, I sold at 30. So I'm I'm doing great. I'm out. I'm like, great. But when it next time it goes above 30, it might go from 28 to 37 in one candle. So how smart were you being out? Like you feel good right now, but you might not feel so good at 37. They're going to buy at 40 and then sell again back here yeah. at 27. I mean, this right is what always happens. Even the smartest <laughs> people in the space, they always outtrade themselves. Like just having a simple view that Bitcoin will be higher in two years. I think it's really stupid and naive and simple, but it's probably going to make a lot more money than all of these charting traders on Twitter who sold 100%. it. They're all telling you, you sold at 30,500 and they're waiting to buy back. It's like, well, when are they going to buy back? If you didn't buy back at 24.8 or 25 or 25.2, when are you going to buy back? And and I, I just don't understand that. But again, I'm not a trader. So like I, I just, I use You're that as, bar, though. I use it as helpful, like guidepost for, I'm buying back at 3k, 3k. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm holding out, man. Mike, thank you so much for your time, man. Always appreciated. Uh, I'll have you back soon to keep us uh, keep, keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on here, man. Thank you so much. All right, thanks. Talk to you later, bud. Now, I've got someone else, I think, here who probably agrees that over the six, next six to nine months, we will see prices potentially rising and certainly over the next two years. And I know you guys missed it last week. I was gone and now I'm paying for it because I'm sick. But here is the man, Texas West Capital, Christopher Inks. Do you agree? Bitcoin up up in the next six to nine months? Uh, Yeah. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right, yeah. great. Yeah, you know, um, that that's been that still remains the same thing I've been looking at for quite a while now. I mean, um, bar just looking at the chart as it is right now, 
every cycle has been this same way, right? Every cycle has been this rally up into, um, into uh, you know, prior to the halving, pulls back after the halving, then it breaks out and does, you know, the new all-time high. Every cycle has seen price rally up 70.5 or 78.6% of that bear market decline. So, you know, and that's happened before the, uh, before the halving. So if that happens now, you know, we're looking at 54 or 57,000 before the halving. Now, you know, of course, being, you know, a professional speculator, you know, you can't say, okay, well, it's guaranteed to happen again, but you look and you go, okay, well, it's happened every time up to now. So I have to kind of lean that way and just pay attention, right? You know, the odds are it's going to continue to happen uh, unless something material changes in the market. And that's what everybody's trying to say. But, you know, that's what everybody always says. Every You remember the bear market, man, last time. Yeah. You know? Every time it's the same, people feel the same way. It's, it's, you know, they can't get out of this idea that, that maybe the bottom may be in and price is actually rallying higher. And, you know, it's every market, it's, it's every bear market of, of every market, stocks, crypto, Forex, metals, whatever it is. It, you know, it's the same person over and over again, the same type of person, right? It's, we're human beings. Do I need to uh, clarify now that like 3K that clip that and tweet it at Scott in the bull run, LOL. Chris also wants to buy a 3K with Scott. These are jokes, obviously. Guys, that was a joke. I'm just making it clear. <laughs> For anyone who wasn't listening, that was me mocking the ridiculous people who say that Bitcoin is going to, going to 3K. You want to share your screen and tell me what you're yeah, looking I'm at here ready. specifically in the charts? Doing here real quick. Yeah, all right. There we go. Um, so this is the uh, the Bitcoin chart I've been popping for a while here. Uh, I just keep on annotating it more and more for people because they like details. Um, <laughs> but basically, I mean, you know, again, uh, nothing, you know, th this is looking at, this isn't even paying attention to what happens in the past, right? Uh, this is just looking as we're sitting here now. And so, you know, we've got accumulation. Uh, we've got this reaccumulation area we've got here. Uh, you know, the, the only thing is here, I think if, if you've got a, uh, a perp or, you know, where you've got the leverage, uh, contracts coming out. I think you had a lower low in those exchanges, but if you're spot, uh, it was a it was a lower low over here. So you've got a higher low coming off those. You got a lower low here. But generally speaking, you know we're finding support so far. You know at the bottom of the range. Um, if it breaks down, does that mean this changes? No, no. It just means okay. So we get a spring, which is you know kind of somewhat like this this terminal shakeout here. But the idea that you break down below and then you pop back up. So, um, you know, again, I'm not even concerned, you know, if we get a drop, I don't know, 23,000 or something, it's all still part of this structure. Um, and the fact that we've gone sideways here for, geez, how long is this? Uh, we're still here, 158 days now, 159 days, 160 days. Um, that's a significant time to go sideways. And so, you know, the last time we went sideways, you know, big moves up, right? Doing it here again, you know, um, I, I don't know that we do one candle like Mike was saying, you know, hey, maybe that might happen. But, you know, uh, I, I've been talking about if we pop above this, you know, this 31,000 here, I see little reason to believe this thing isn't going to rally up into the 40s. Off you know, pretty races. quick, fast and in a hurry. Um, you know, it might be something like this, maybe, you know. Um, so, I mean, you know, that, that's what we're still until something materially changes. That, that's what we're still looking at. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree. I think also the fact that it just held 25 again so clearly on this drop when it was we were back to the everyone's uh, consensus was, you know, 23, 21, 20, whatever. Now that we were down at 25 again, it was simply just another opportunity to buy support in this sort of range. Yeah. Um, if, if I want to, you know, if I'm looking big picture here, I want to see a breakout above uh, this swing high. So this is... Uh, 
what day is this? This is right around the 29th of last month, 29th of August. That 28-ish um, something or other, right? Yeah, or yeah, the coin yeah. exchange on exactly. It's that one. But, you know, this is bearish market structure coming off the top here. We've got, you know, a high, a low, a lower high, lower low, lower high, lower low, right? So this is the last lower high. So if we break that, that means we break this bearish market structure. We've got this bullish market structure from the swing low, right? Um, so, I mean, minimally, big picture, that's the first thing we want to see. Until we get there, you know, still be wary that we could fall back down. I think once we break out above that, the chance uh, – the opportunity uh, increases exponentially that we're going to rally up to, you know, into the top of the range here, 2930. And if we get there, then the odds are significant that we're going to break out higher and head on up there. Um, and I think most people, I think Mike said it right, though. I think most people aren't expecting that. Most people are still, you know, trying to convince everybody has to go down and it may. But I don't think that if you're looking at that, I don't think you're really paying a lot of attention um, how you should on what's maybe going on here. Um, but you know, the only guarantee is that you're going to lose money at some point, right? So risk management is the, the number one thing you're going to do every day as a trader. So uh, absolutely. So, so I see you got some other things up top. Let's cook through those yeah. charts that you brought. Yeah. So, um, I, I want to pull up, well, so, you know, Pepe, you love to talk about Pepe. So uh, I've had a, a couple of people, a few people ask me about it recently. Um, you know, it just continues to pull back. Uh, not as bad as ape. <laughs> ape just can't seem to find a bottom, but, um, you know, we're pulling back here. So, what do I see? Well, I've, I've got this now as a uh, as a one, two, and then potentially a one and a two here. This is pulled back. This is the daily time frame. We've got the daily S1 pivot at the 61.8 retracement right here around this, um, uh, you know, was this 56, 600 kind of area? I am looking for, see if we can get a reaction off this that carries us and breaks us out above this descending resistance and this daily pivot. If we can get that impulsively, I think this thing rallies up, uh, you know, it's got pretty good high, you know, it's, it's going to break out new all time high here. Um, potentially up here around, uh, you know, 13, 258, 185. Um, but, you know, we need to see that. Uh, so I am watching to see if we get a reaction off this S1 pivot on the daily. And then we break out impulsively above basically the daily pivot. If we do that, I, I think we'll probably break out new all-time high, but if we get above, definitely if we get above this uh, 189411, that was this uh, swing high over here on uh, July 3rd. If we can get above that, then that should add confidence to the count there and suggest that we are headed up. Um, I, I don't remember drawing this 10 days ago, but apparently I'm looking September 10th. Maybe somebody asked me to look at Pepe, but this is kind of what I thought on that. Yeah, no, definitely, no definitely a setup four, if it's going to get five two zero. I don't say the zeros anymore because there's like seven yeah, exactly. zeros in front of it. But once it lost, I mean, once it lost this this level, that eight four whatever it is, that was a pretty big. I mean, that was kind of the last support in this big gap vacuum here. So maybe it doesn't get yeah. all the way down there, but that's the way I would look at it. It scares everyone out there, and then running up to the top. But we'll see. And and that would be all right too because that would get you a seventy and a half pullback. That's an institutional you know retracement level. So that, you know, is, is right there. You can see you can see that I've got that marked here as a secondary target if it does keep on going down. Um, but right now I'm deferring to, you know, we're going to make sure and see if we get a reaction off that uh, off that uh, S1 pivot on the daily there. Like I said, if we break down, I've got that same target marked right here, this other red line, 70 and a half retracement. Uh, yeah, again, right there around that 41.7 and some change area there. So. We'll see. We'll see if we can do it. Everybody's getting pretty pessimistic about it. But uh, like I said, at least it is an ape right now. Ape, ape pro I mean, but, but, you know, listen, NFT volumes are at historical low. I think I saw that Friend Tech did more volume 
the last nine days each day than all of the NFT market combined. Uh, which it's, is like it's tough, man. It's tough, it's tough to hold them NFTs right now. That's, that's for right. Sure. But so, I mean, Ape being like so inextricably associated to the NFT market is like, if, if you want something that could decorrelate from the altcoin market to the downside right now, that's the yeah. one. that could offer an opportunity again once these things inevitably uh, bounce because humans going to human. Yeah, I, I always look for, you know, one of the things I look for is how extreme is that sentiment, you know? At that point where everybody says, oh my God, it has to keep on going down. It's never going to go back up. Usually around that time, you're finding a floor or you're starting yeah. to build one. So yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. We, we expect probably to bump up at some point. So For sure. What else you got? Um, I, I Interestingly, I see this XDC. Uh, Never even heard of it. I love it. It's um, this one's it. on KuCoin here. This this uh, this particular one here. Uh, we've got we've got a great range down here at the bottom. So we had this great uh, bit of accumulation going on here from June of last year. Um, well, I guess we do it like this here. You know, through uh, what is this March of this year? Uh, so we had our jump across the creek. We had our back up the edge of the creek. The same kind of area we're looking at Bitcoin right now. And then boom, you have this nice shot up here uh, through the uh, weekly pivot into the R1 pivot. Pull back to the weekly pivot. Um, so if we can get a rally off here and kind of get to breaking out above, you know, six and a half cents or so, um, you know, I would look forward to potentially challenge the swing high up here at, uh, right there around nine and a half cents. If we can break that, my next target's going to be, uh, this 14.225 cents, uh, right around the R2 pivot on the weekly. But I'm not sure that's going to happen just yet. You know, this is only a 38.2 pullback on this entire run. So if, if, if. We happen to break on down further. I'm looking for it to come on down here to about 3.6 cents. That's at 61.8 or even uh, 3.1.5 cents here at the 70.5. Um, so if we break down and come there, I'd expect to fill in this uh, this gap here coming down to the, one of those two targets. But instead, if we can break out higher, I'm looking for that uh, 14.225 kind of area. It's a big move. What do you, I see Caspa up there. Listen, I haven't, I, I don't know anything about it except for that it's all in my comments. And it's one <laughs> yeah, of the things. That's why I brought it up. I looked, yeah. Then I looked recently. I was like, wow, this thing actually uh, it, it went up. It's got some legs there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, kind of look at this as a one, two, three, four, five in here. Gives us a four. It's a 38 2 pullback, uh, as you can see here. So that's perfect, you know, uh, three wave pullback here for a wave four. Uh, and so, you know, if this counts correct here, we should, ex you know, we, we, we generally have a wave five target up there at around uh, 0 0.07096 uh, at least. Uh, it could overextend to the R5 pivot up here at around uh, 0.8164. But uh, I would expect it to kind of get up here at least to that 0 0.07096, um, you know, on a breakout higher here to finish off that fifth wave uh, heading up there. Do now, it doesn't mean it has to get up there. Is, is this one of those things you need to see it go into price discovery first? So oh, well, I mean, right now, uh, if this count is correct, then that's what I expect. Um, you know, right now I'm looking at this as a, as a three and a four. So as long as that wave four holds, that's my wave five target. You know, wave four could turn into a triangle. Uh, you know, uh, it could turn, I don't know, if, if this counts as an ABC here, this could be a flat. So you get five waves back down here and then it breaks out higher. But ultimately... You know, if this is wave four here, then generally we're expecting wave five up there at zero seven zero nine six, and it's just kind of holding on until it happens, right? I just love that you're not afraid of all coins right now. You got any others? Well, I mean, you know, trying to find something for people to look it's at. It's hard. Right? Listen, yeah, yeah there, I mean, listen, it's this is not this is this is the down 
down downest part of the entire four-year cycle right now for everything. So it's it's hard yeah. to get excited about trades. Yeah. So I've got um I've got maker here. Um, you can see that we're hovering here around the uh around. We shared that before, table. and we're up. So I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we had a you know a rally up and pull back, rally up, pull back. I mean, it's it's been uh you know we we hit this slightly higher low here. Uh, but the pullback on this one, you know, is beautiful. You know, came right back to uh, previous resistance as support there. And here we are. So once we break it out above 1370, uh, my initial target is going to be that 1675 area. I don't necessarily think that'll, that that has to be the end of the rally, but that's just from here right now. I want to see it reach there. And then I want to see, okay, I'll take a look back at it and say, well, what's potentially the uh, the next target on that? Looking good, man. Well, I, I think that's all the ones you got there, and I'm feeling like crap, so I'm going to go uh, <laughs> take a nap or something. All thank right, you. man. Thank, thank you so much. We'll see you back next week. Always appreciate the alpha. Sounds good, man. Take care. All right, brother. Thank you. All right, guys. That's all we got. Uh, we made it. Made it through it. I know a little quite shorter than usual, but uh, hey, guys, sometimes just got to show up. That's all I got for you. I will see you guys back tomorrow. Peace. That's dope.